blessing tonight. Amen. I want to get to number point four here in a minute. But Job says, amen, in Job 3, 25 to 26, For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come upon me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, and yet trouble come or came. Amen. And we're talking about overcoming trouble, and we can overcome everything. And that's what our whole year of discussion has been about, is overcoming things in our lives that is not like Christ. He gives us power. He gives us authority. Amen. And we have to get to that point in our lives that where we become overcomers. Jesus says in John sixteen thirty three, I have overcome the world. So therefore, if he overcame, that you and I must be able to overcome as well because we have the power. And it comes back to what I preach Sunday. You've got to look into the light. You've got to look in the light. You've got to get in the Word of God. You've got to study the Word of God. You've got to believe the Word of God. You've got to cling to the Word of God. You've got to not lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him so that He will direct your path. Amen. So we started out, we was talking about the way you overcome trouble is don't focus on it. Amen. When things come, a lot of times it's real easy said than done. A lot of times when we start to having troubles, we look, we look at, you know, of it, and it seems if we focus on it, it can bear us down. It's almost like problem solving. Amen. If you have a problem, you have to be able to look at that problem and determine how to solve that problem. You know, sometimes I think God gives us situations and circumstances to see how we're going to deal with it and how we're going to handle it. And if we're going to look into it, and will it be something that we can get some good use out of it, and from that to be able to help someone else later on. I can tell you, and I think I mentioned this a while back, about when I first brought our house, we had uh, some toilet problems, you know. And so with the toilet problems, finally I had to start doing some research and looking into it and determine if it was something I could fix myself and what was um, what would happen if I learned this thing. Well, and I did, and I, and I got into the, got my iPad and on YouTube, and I started watching clips about toilets and how to repair toilets and how easy it was to do it. You know, and then I replaced mine and got my problem fixed. Then when the church had a problem, I just came over and got another toilet and took it out and fixed it. You know, so you learn things with some of the problems you go through the same way with cars. You know, Uh, there's so many things you can learn uh, how to fix the problem. And it's the same way a lot of times when troubles and situations may come into our lives, we have to be able to look at it and say, the old wristband and watches and everything, say, what would Jesus do? You know, we have to look at it and ask that question. What would he do? You know, how would he handle this situation? Or how would he indulge in this thing for the betterment? And so we don't want to focus. Isaiah says in Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon Him because you trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord Jehovah is the ever-saving strength. Amen. God will give you strength in everything that you go through in your life. So you have to realize that and you have to hold on to that. Amen. Then you have to ask yourself in point two, are you the cause? (laughs) 
are you the one that's causing you trouble, you know? And, you know, sometimes it's easy to point the finger and say to someone else when we, you know, it might be need to look right here. You know, am I the one that's doing it, you know? And so, you know, if I, if I get in my car and I drive down the interstate at 90 miles an hour and the speed limit is 70 and the cops pull me over, it's not the cop's fault. That's my, I'm creating my own trouble. And if he stopped me over and over and over and over, it's just like a person that's, you know, DWI. They get picked up the first time, and the judge gives you a warning, and then the next thing you know, he picks you, the cops pick you up again for DWI. It ain't <laughs> the cop's fault. It's my fault, you know. So am I causing my own trouble? We have to realize, and that's First King 18, when, when Ahab told Elijah, he says, you're, you know, are you the one that causing Israel's trouble? He says, I'm not the one that's causing it. You are. You're the king. You're the one that's gone away from God's, what God said and God's word. So if you walk away from God's word and you start having issues, it's not God's problem. It's your problem. See, so you can be causing your own self problems here. So you have to realize in Isaiah 38.1, you know, the Lord sent Isaiah to tell uh, Ahaz to set his house in order for he should not die, live but die. So he was causing his own problems. Are others causing your problems? You know, if others is causing your problems, you, you may have to cut them off. You know, if, you know, if people said you're friends, but yet they're causing you problems, you might want to get rid of them. You know, uh, even Solomon's mother told him, and she said, My son of sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, Come with us, she said, Don't you go. You know, she said, There's a trap, there's a snare. So you have to ask yourself, is other people causing me problems? You know, one of the things that we, we find out today is people want to be enablers. They want to enable people that just keep doing wrong. You know, that's causing yourself trouble. You know, if I keep enabling somebody from not going to work or doing something and all they keep doing is come and ask me for handouts and I'm constantly giving to them and I'm going in debt or whatever, if I'm co-signing for people, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm creating my own problems, you know, and others is creating, helping to create it too. So somewhere I got to cut this thing loose. I've got to cut the umbilical cord and let them grow and let them learn from, from hard ways sometimes. I was listening to a radio Christian program driving down the road a few weeks ago, you know, and one of the things the guy was saying about teens today, you know, parents want to be friends to their kids and everything else. And, and when they go to jail or whatever, he says some of the best things you can do is let them sit in jail overnight. You know, let them stay behind bars for a while and let them be able to learn a lesson, you know, and, and they will probably wake up. But if you bail them out every, as soon as they walk through the gate, then they're going to probably keep going right back over and over and over again. They're going to keep going right back doing the same thing over and over the more you keep bailing them out. So he says some of the best things you can do is let them spend a couple of nights in jail and usually they get their attention, you know. So you have to realize that. So don't cause your own problems and don't let others cause your problems. Number four tonight, amen, on your paper. Look for ways to use your trouble to better your walk with God. Whatever you're going through, look for better ways. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24 through 29, 
We know the things that Paul went through. He lists all these things that he went through and the trouble he went through in his life. You know, a small portion there. But then in Acts 20, he says, But none of those things moved me, neither I count my life dear to me, amen, that I might finish my course in the ministry which I had received of the Lord Jesus to testify for the grace of the gospel of God. So Paul used his troubles to what? To advance the kingdom of God. See, what he went through. And, and the more we observe Paul's uh, actions and what Paul went through, we see that the church grew. See? And so what he went through, so he looked for ways to use his trouble. He, he encouraged us, you know, uh, the body of Christ as the things he went through and what he encountered and what he faced uh, in his life. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, notice what Peter said. He says, Beloved, amen. If you go to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. there he says beloved think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you he says but rejoice and that you are in so much as you are becoming a partaker of christ's suffering that when the glory shall be revealed you may be glad with exceeding joy verse 14 he says if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you, for the spirit and glory of God rest upon you. On their part, he's evil spoken of, but on your part, he is what? Glorified. So Peter said, don't think it's strange when things come against you. Again, you have to look at it, you know. Don't think it's strange concerning the fire trials, which is to try you. As though some strange thing is happening to you. He says, but rejoice. Sounds easy, doesn't it? But you got to get to that point of nevertheless. See, so, so don't think it's strange. When, when things start coming, you have to look at it and say, okay, how can I use this? We know Hebrews 12 tell us, amen, that whom the Father loveth, he chasteneth, it, you know, and he scourged every child, you know. And so we're going to go through some things, and so we have to look at how can I use this to advance my walk with God. You know, one of the things about trials and circumstances is it should increase our faith. It should build us higher to trust in God. That's why Hebrews 10, 35-39 says, Cast not away your confidence, which have great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet in a little while, he that will come, will come, and will not tarry. Now the just have got to live, by what? By faith. You've got to live by faith. Your trials, your tests can be a thing that is testing your faith. First Peter chapter 1. Amen. Notice what Peter said in First Peter chapter 1 verse 7 through verse 9. Amen. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold that perished, though it be tried with fire, 
might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Verse 8. Whom having not seen, you love. And whom though you now and you see him not, you believe, yet you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receive ye the end, what? Of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. Amen. Your faith will grow. Salvation will come to the end. Okay? So you've got to realize that trials and stuff is to help build up your faith. So problems and circumstances is going to put you in a position to where you're going to have to say, I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep trusting. I'm going to keep holding on to God. Now notice what Paul tells the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. He says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled at the back, <laughs> at the front. <laughs> we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. See, you're not to be stressed out. Don't let it trouble you. <laughs> you know, he says we're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We're perplexed. We're confused sometimes, but we're not in despair. We're not hopeless. He says we're persecuted. People talk about us. all matters evil falsely, but we're not forsaken. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. When you walk through the rivers, I'll be with you. When you're in the waters, I'll be with you. When you're in the five trials of your life, I'll be with you. I've called you by your name. You are mine. Amen. We're persecuted but not forsaken. Sometimes we get the wind knocked out ourselves. We're cast down, but we're still here. We're still not destroyed. We're always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus might be manifest in our bodies. Amen. Amen. Now notice verse 16. For which cause, what? You don't faint. You don't quit. You don't give up. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. Amen. For which cause we faint, though what? The outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Amen. Verse 17. For our light afflictions, many are the afflictions of the righteous, Psalms 34, 19 says. But out of them all, the Lord deliver them. Many are the afflictions. For our light afflictions, there is but for a moment. It's only temporary. Amen. Working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight in glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen, they're temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. See? So it's scripting and building our faith. Now, load is Hebrews 6, verse 9. Through verse 18. But, beloved... 
We are persuaded of better things of you. How persuaded are you? <laughs> See, you have to have your persuasion in God strengthened and built. This is why Paul says in Romans 8, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor hype, nor depth, nor any other creature should be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So you've got to be persuaded. But, beloved, we are persuaded of better things of you and things that accompany salvation. Quitting didn't come with your salvation. Depression didn't come with your salvation. Giving up and quitting did not come with salvation. He gave you power to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall harm you. Okay? You've got to stand on the word that you've heard. Okay? It's there. It will follow you all the days of your life. Amen. That things that are comes up, though we thus speak, for what God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown unto his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the fullness of the hope unto the end. For when that you be not what? Don't be lazy. Keep working. Be followers of Christ. This is what Paul says in Ephesians 5.1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ is loved up, and giving himself a, as an offering and a sweet smelling sacrifice to God. All right? You've got to keep walking. Followers of them through what? Faith and patience inherit the promises. See, if you look at, if you were to go to Hebrews 11 and look at the faith chapter, you know, you'll see all the things they went through. And what does it say? They didn't even get the promise. But they kept going. You don't think they had some problems? You don't think they had a whole lot of troubles? You know, that's why they're there. And they did it all by faith. But when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so after they had patiently endured, they obtained the problems. Promise. They had to go through some things to get to the promise. They had to endure. You know, you have to endure trials. You have to endure hardship. You have to endure some things in your life because Christ had to endure it. When he faced that cup, he says, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not thy will, but thy, my will, but thy will be done. You've got to learn how to endure hardness, Paul says, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. See, you, you've got to be able to, to, to be like Timex, as you heard me say. You've got to take a few lickings and keep on ticking. You know, you've got to keep moving forward. But when he made promise to Abraham, he could swear by no greater. He says, I'm going to bless you. That's why when you look at Exodus... Amen. Chapter, I think, is 2 or, or 1, verse 9 or somewhere in there. But he said, the more they was afflicted, what happened? The more they multiplied and grew. See? So the more you go through, the stronger your faith should be in Christ. See? The more and stronger you should be as a child of God. 
you should multiply spiritually and numerical and uh, uh, physically, mentally and spiritually. Amen. And your life. So they grew, they grew, they grew. And you should be growing in everything you go through. You should be growing stronger and stronger in God. Because you got exceeding promises. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. But the more they afflicted him, notice the 112, they multiplied and grew, and they were grieved because of the children of Israel. The more Israel grew, they afflicted them, they just kept, they couldn't stop it. You know, they just kept popping them out, popping them out, popping them out. And they, got, they were frustrated. You know, they was trying to get rid of them, and they just kept growing. See, you want to give the devil a headache? You know, keep growing. Keep magnifying. Keep witnessing for the Lord. See? So we have an anchor of hope, Hebrews 6 says, both sure and steadfast. Amen. God ain't going to let you go. He's your anchor. See? So you have to get your faith to grow in Jesus Christ. And Jesus says in Matthew 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 10 through 12, He says, Blessed are you. When men shall what? Persecute you for righteousness sake. For there is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11. Amen. Blessed are you when men shall revile you, persecute you, and say all matters of evil against you falsely for my sake. Now this is what gets you on it. He says rejoice. Where you heard that at before? (laughs) Rejoice and be exceeding glad. For great is your reward in heaven, for they persecuted, persecuted the prophets that was before you. See? So your trials, so you have to look at these things that come and say, how can this advance my walk? You know, I can get up. And then you hear me say this to you all the time. I'll let you stay down for two days. But the third day, you got to get up. Jesus was down two days. The third day, he got up. All right, and he got up and he walked in newness of life. I'll let you be despondent for two days, but the third day, nah, you got to come up out of that mess. You know, you've got to get a hold of God, and you got to come up walking in newness of life. You got to get up with your hands lifted and your hat mouth filled with praise. That's why Isaiah sixty-one-three says He's giving you what a garment of praise for the spirits of heaviness that you might be called trees of righteousness, the planet of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Amen. You are a tree that's been planted by the rivers of water. You are supposed to bring forth fruit in your season. Your leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever you do shall prosper. Nothing shall be able to separate you from the love of God. Amen. So don't think it's strange concerning the fire trials that's going to come. All right, now I told you, you got it? Amen. So when they start coming, just keep worshiping God. That's what you got to do. Amen. There's too many examples in the Bible for us. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul, you know, Paul's, man, if, if Paul can do it, you can do it. I don't think any of us has faced anything Paul has gone through in 2 Corinthians you know, chapter uh, 10, verse 7 through verse 10. Notice, Paul says, Unless I should be exalted by mesh through the abundance of the revelations, 
You know, the more revelation you get, the more seems like sometimes the more trials is coming at you. Try to derail your trains. You know, <laughs> that revelation. There was giving me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Unless I should be exalted of unmeasure, what did he say? And I did what? I, verse 8. For this thing I besought the Lord. How many times? Three times that he might depart from me. And what did God say? Nah, nah, hang on a little bit. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Notice, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Most gladness. Paul said, okay, then most gladly, therefore, go back to one minute. He says, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities then? He says, if that's the case, if when I'm weak, I'm going to be strong. So I might as well just start glorying God and magnifying God when I'm weak. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Because that's when he gives me strength. He gives me more strength here to keep going. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. But when I'm weak, I'm strong. Think about it. See, you're not weak when you're, when you're going through things. You're, you're supposed to be strong because the spirit and power of God rests upon us. He's not going to leave you. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. I will be with you always unto the end. So we have to get in the habit of worshiping, praising God, and magnifying God, casting our cares upon the Lord, for he careth for us. And wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Amen. Most soldiers will tell you when they're at the floor, they want to come home. But they realize you've got to endure and wait out you know, until your turn comes. I tell you, I've learned a whole lot of being the soldier, you know, how to wait. Yeah, uh, wait in the char line, wait for the plane, wait to go home, wait for formation, wait for your turn to fire on the rifle range, wait, wait, wait. You know, you learn how to wait, you know, and it's the same way in the church. You know, thank God for all the time I had to wait. Now I can learn how to wait on him here, you know. He will come. There's going to be a time, you know. That's like you go to the airport, the plane delayed. And what they say is, sorry, you got to wait. But pretty soon the plane comes and you get on and you go. So we, it's the same concept. He will come. The Bible says, he that will come will come. The just has got to <laughs> learn how to wait on God and walk by faith. You know, waiting on him. So get in the habit when you're going through things of rejoicing in the Lord. Cast your cares upon the Lord. You know, so God, you see what I'm facing. You see what I'm going through. I'm, I'm following your word. Here it is. Thank you. Bless you. I praise you. I magnify you. I exalt you. And move on. Amen. Don't focus on it. Get you another scripture and hang on. And, you know, just keep worshiping and going forth in the Lord. Amen. Praise God. It will happen. And Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 39. We see that Jesus tells his disciples, he says, okay, guys, get in the boat. 
Jesus always liked to give his guys a hard time, it seemed like, right? Puts them in the boat. And he said, let's go to the other side. And they get in the middle of the ocean, the Red Sea. I, I mean, the Sea of Galilee, not the Red Sea. But they, they're in the boat again. And the same day when it was even come, he said, let's pass over there. Just at verse 36. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And he was in, uh, and there was other little ships. And then Jesus get in the hinder parts of the ship. And he goes to sleep. You know, then here comes a storm. Ooh, there was a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. This this has always puzzled me. You know, the ship's full and it's not sinking. I, I, I just like that, that passage, you know. The disciples trying to throw the water out and Jesus is taking a nap on a water bed. You know, <laughs> water ship, water bed, you know. And, and it is full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillar, and they awake him and says, Master, don't you care that we perish? And Jesus arose and he rebuked the wind and he said to the seas, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Now look what he said to them. He said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it you don't have any faith? Uh-huh. When you're going through stuff, why do you let it trouble you? Why do you let it plague you? That's what Jesus wants to know. Why do you let it get to you? He's saying the same thing to you and me. Why why do you don't have any faith? I've given you my word. I have given you exceeding precious promises. I poured you out to take you in, you know. He has given you his spirit. He has given you his power. He has given you his name. He's given you his authority. He's told you, I am not leaving you. I am not forsaking you. I will be with you always, even unto the ends of the world. Okay? So, when the storms come, when the trials come, don't lose your faith. He's with you. He's on board with you. I think the last time he said, I will be in you. I will take up residence in you. So if the Holy Ghost is in you, that means God is with you. And so therefore, don't lose your faith when the trials and things come. You know, you cast your care upon him and you keep worshiping. You keep rejoicing no matter what comes your way. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. As Paul told the church in Ephesus in the third chapter, he said, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or think according to the power which worketh in us. Amen. He gives us the power. Amen. So don't think it's strange. Amen. Troubles are not to increase, I mean, destroy you. They are to increase our faith in him. So you have to look at every trial now as a child of God in every circumstance that comes your way and say, how can this help my walk with God? I think the purpose here is what? That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So I have to look at every bit of it. Amen. We notice in Daniel chapter 3. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, they had a little trouble there, right? When somebody told on them, you know, they, they created problems for them. 
And when the king summons them, Nebuchadnezzar said, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not bow to my image? He says, I'm going to give you another shot at it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what he said. He says, I'm going to be kind to you guys. He said, I'm going to give you another shot. He says, now, when you hear the flute, the adult simmer, and all the music, coordinate, and all that, he says, you know, I'm going to give you a chance to bow down. You know, but if not, you're going to the fiery furnace. And what did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? <laughs> we don't care for to answer you in this matter, old king. You know, our God whom we serve will deliver us. And if not, we're still not going to bow down. You know? And notice what happened. They get thrown into the fire furnace. But then all of a sudden, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up and he sees a fourth in there. Amen. And then he comes to the fire corner of the fire and he calls them out. And they are not even singed. They are not burned. Nothing has happened to them. And what does the king do? He makes a decree that if anybody serve any other god other than that, the one true god, they are going to be cast into pieces. You know? So you've got to realize you have to stand strong. You know, those are examples of standing strong for what you believe in and trusting in. Amen. In Acts chapter 4, amen, after the lame man was healed at the gate called Beautiful in the third chapter, we see that Peter and John is summoned before the Sanhedrin council, you know, and they asked him, by what power and what name have you done this? And they said, if we be examined this day of the great things be done to the infinite man, be it known unto you by the name of the Jesus Christ, to this man stand before you whole. Amen. Neither is there salvation in any other, but there is another name given unto heaven whereby we must be saved. Amen. And so, as a result, as you keep reading the fourth chapter, you will see down close to the end that it brought them together. See, their persecution brought the church closer together. See, and so this is what you've got to look at is, you know, how can we build a stronger relationship? You know, in, in the 15th chapter of Acts, we see that James and Peter are thrown into jail. You know, Herod, he kills James and, you know, he's saving Peter for Easter. But what has happened? Prayer is being made by the church. You know, and what is Peter? He's so comfortable, man, he's laying up in jail asleep. Think about that. Your, your buddy just got killed. You're being saved to be killed, and you land there crashed. <laughs> he ain't worrying about it. You know, he is sleeping in prison. You know, and the angel comes in and says, hey, Pete, hey, man, kicks him. Hey, Peter, get up, man. Get your sandals on. Let's get out of here. Oh, you know. Come on, Pete. Man, get up. Get your sandals on. <laughs> you know. He's he's chilling. You know, he's got his shoes on. You know. You know? And he, he, he comes out, and then he goes to the house, and he knocks on the door. Rhoda answered the door, and she says, hey, man, Peter's here. They say, oh, no, he's not. Yeah. You know. Think about it. If you're going to pray, believe. Come on. Here is a whole church praying, and they didn't believe it. I think you heard the story about the guy was, the church was praying about the, about the bar that was next to the church to burn down, you know. 
and they was they, they was every service that was having prayer. God burn that bar down. God burn that bar down. We don't need a bar that close to the church. Burn it down. Burn it down. Burn it down. Well, the church burnt down, and and the, the bar burnt down. Excuse me. And they heard about and and the owner of the bar heard that the church had been praying for his bar to burn down, so he sued the church. So when they got to the got to the court, you know, the judge asked them says. Uh, did you got pastor? Did you did you pray for the bar to burn down? He said, Yeah, but we didn't believe it would happen. <laughs> no, if you're gonna pray, you got to believe. Hebrews six eleven says, He that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Amen. So we must believe that when we come to God, He will answer our prayer amen so no matter what we're going through we have to learn that the situations we're facing we have to look at it i want to increase my walk in god in nehemiah chapter four amen when we look at nehemiah chapter four we notice the whole book of nehemiah when nehemiah gets word that the the city of jerusalem is burnt down the walls are destroyed he's saddened he's really saddened but what does he do he starts praying he starts praying to God. You know, when he comes before the king, he's the king's cupbearer. And so he's praying. And the cupbearer says, Nehemiah, what's the matter? Dear, your countenance is not the same. You, you usually come in here with some kind of joyful countenance. Now you're sad. What's going on? He says, well, my city is burnt down. My walls, is there. they're burnt down. You know? And the king says, what do you want to do about it? And, you know, he goes back and he prays some more. He, he go back and he prays, and he asks God for favor so that when he come before the king, the king will hear him, you know. And so when he comes back the next time and he tells the king what has transpired, and the king gives, he asks for leave. The king gives him leave. He asks for the king to give him papers to cross. He gives him papers to cross. He asks for to sign a petition so he can get some timber and lumber. The king signs it for him, you know, all and he gets there, he goes out, he, he surveys the city, you know, and he gets to talking to the people. He's got his enemy, he's constantly on his back, you know, and everything else. But he gets the people into a mindset of building the wall. Say, we got to build the wall because a city without a wall is no good. So the first thing they build is the wall. They got to have some protection. And so the people were saying, man, there's too much rubbish here. You know, what is Nehemiah says, build it for your family, build it for your children, build it for your brothers and sisters. Amen. So you've got to keep building and strengthening the wall around you. Amen. No matter what, the enemy is coming after you. No matter what is taking place. Amen. You have to keep building up the wall around you. Amen. And don't allow the enemy to distract you. Because once you're going through things in your life, if you notice in Nehemiah, Sam, Bella, and Tobin is out there. They're just said, man, look at these old feeble Jews, man. Look at them. Man, that wall they're building, a fox run up against it. It's going to knock them down. He just kept tormenting them. But what did Nehemiah do? He told the people, don't worry about them. He says, God's with us. Just keep building. Just keep building. Just keep building. And that's the thing. If you ever notice when you're going through things, it seems like the devil is every place. It's like he turned every demonic force loose on you to discourage you, 
you know, and all kinds of stuff. Sometimes even some of the people that are supposed to be your friends, you know, give you wrong counsel. They say things that, you know, discourage you. They try to leave you. They might drop something in your lap. Now you've got to think about what they said. And do I follow that advice or do I stand on what I would know as the Word of God? So you, you're going to go through some things of like that in your life. But you've got to realize that God is with you. Amen. And you don't lean to your own understanding. You stand on the Word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word will not pass away. You've got to stand on the Word of God. You've got to hold true to God's Word and hold Him to His Word. And so this is what Nehemiah told me. He, he saw that if they listened to Sam Ballot and Tobin, they was going to become discouraged. Even Sam Ballot and Tobin tried to lure him out. Come on, Nehemiah, let's talk about it. When they saw the wall was getting built, they still tried to keep pulling them out. What did he say? I got work to do, man. I got time to spend with you fools. You know, I got work to do. And so he did not go out with them. And once they saw that the wall was built, they was totally amazed. And then God moves upon Sanballat and, and have him to leave to go back to his own land. And what happened? He gets attacked. And get destroyed. See? So, you, you know, give God a chance to work. You know, the enemies that comes against you, that cause you issues and cause you problems and situations in your life, don't take matters into your own hand. Put them on the altar. Put them before the Lord. You know? And, and be like, you know, look at um, Jehoshaphat. When Ammon and Moab came out against him, what did he say to the Lord? Lord, you know... You told us when they are bigger than we are, we come to this place called by your name, that you will help us. He said, look, you know, when we came out of Egypt, you wouldn't let us deliver. You wouldn't let us destroy them. You made us go a different way. Now look how they're, they're rewarding us, you know. And he says, we don't have strength for them now. God says, well, the battle is not yours, it's mine. He says, why don't you go down there and get your ringside seat tomorrow and... and and check it out what I'm going to do, you know. And so when Nehemiah, I mean, uh, Jehoshaphat realized what God had said, he says, okay, we might as well start rejoicing now, you know. So that's why he puts the choir in front when they open the gate the next morning. And they come out singing, praise the Lord for his mercy and do it forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy and do it forever. You don't think that confused the, the enemy? You send out somebody singing, you know, and the army is in the back of the of the singing. It's almost like being in the military and the band go first, you know. <laughs> you know, and so as a result, they just went down and God sent an ambushment. And they never raised one hand, you know. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will fight your battles for you. So don't take measure in your own hand. You just keep worshiping God. You just keep praising God. That's why David said, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me the lion green pastures. He lead me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy step, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. 
and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In Psalms 118, he says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Israel now say his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron now say his mercy endureth forever. Let them that fear him now say for his mercy endureth forever. I cried unto the Lord in my distress, and he set me in a large place. Amen. Think about it. God puts me in a big old place right in the middle of the sanctuary. Amen. He set me in a large place. Amen. <laughs> Amen. The Lord is on notice. The Lord's on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? You know, the Lord take my part with them that help me. Therefore will I see my desires upon them that hate me. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord to put confidence in princes. Say amen. All nations come past me about, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They come past me about. Yea, they come past me about. But in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They come past me about as bees and quench like the thorns of fire. But in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. Amen. They have cast so at me that I might fall. But what happened? The Lord helped me. Amen. The Lord helped me. Think about it. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. Neither is there salvation. Amen. <laughs> the voice of what? Rejoicing and salvation. Where is it? The tabernacle of the righteousness. The right hand of the Lord do it valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord do it valiantly. I should not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Amen. The Lord is chasing me so, but he's not giving me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, and I'll go in and praise the Lord. The gates that the righteous shall enter. Come on. Praise God. <laughs> Get into the gates. I will praise thee. Why? For he heard me, and I'll become my salvation. The stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Amen. <laughs> be Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We will bless you. Where? Out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, which have showed us light, binded and sacrificed with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. Thou art my God, and I will praise thee. Thou art my God, I will exalt thee. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy and do it forever. Amen. Praise God. Thou art my God, and I will praise Thee. Thou art my God, I will exalt Thee. Oh, give thanks unto the for He is good, for His mercy endureth. Forever, Thou art my God, I will praise, exalt Thee.
Thou art my God, and I will praise Thee. Oh, give thanks, and for He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God, you are my God, and I will praise thee. You are my God, and I will exalt thee, O God, for your goodness and mercy, and do it forever. God, you said that they that dwell in the secret place of the Most High would abide under the shadows of the Almighty. And I can say of the Lord that he is my refuge and my fortress, and my God in whom I will trust. God, surely you will deliver me from the snares of the fowler and from the norse and pestilence. You will cover me with your feathers. There's an under your wing. I can trust God. Your truth will always be my shield and buckler, Lord God. I will not be afraid of the terror by night, uh, nor the error that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walk in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes in noonday. God, you said a thousand could fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it not come nigh me. Only with mine own eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked, O God, because I have made you my refuge and my strength and my song and my buckler and my tower, O God. You are worthy, O Lord Jesus. We won't give up, God. We won't quit. We won't look back. But God, we will keep pressing towards the mark of the prize. Our trust is in you, O God, and you alone, O Lord. Thank God for the blood that washes us white as snow. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Thank you for your word, Lord. Oh, God, let us continue to see every circumstance as a growth process in you, Lord God, to strengthen our faith, oh, God, to be strong in you, Lord, in everything that we do, God. We trust you, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We honor you in Jesus' precious Precious, precious name, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. All right. So we're going to be looking for ways to take our troubles to get stronger in God.